0: Hello, my friends, the grace and peace of our Lord and Savior be with you. I want to welcome you to the Sermons from the Cornfield podcast, a weekly podcast where the sermons that I preach each and every Sunday are uploaded for you to listen to and review. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill, and I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. God bless. Our gospel lesson and sermon text for this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark. The third chapter, we'll take a look at verses 20 through 35. So again, this is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 20 through 35. It says this. And the crowd came together again, so that they, they here is Jesus and the twelve disciples, so that they cannot even eat. When his, Jesus, when his family heard it, they went out to restrain him. For people were saying, he has gone out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebul. And by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. And he called them to him and spoke to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but his end has come. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Truly I tell you, people will be forgiven for their sins and whatever blasphemies they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit can never have forgiveness but is guilty of an eternal sin for they had said of jesus he has an unclean spirit then his mother and his brothers came and standing outside they sent to him and called him a crowd was sitting around him and they said to him your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside asking for you and he replied who are my mother and my brothers and looking at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Be to God. I had the opportunity last week to officiate a wedding. For my cousin many of you have seen this picture that i posted on facebook it's him and his groomsmen all huddled together in prayer right before we walked down for the ceremony all told three of my cousins are in that picture he said something to me on friday night after the rehearsal that i didn't think (coughs) much about truthfully at the time but since then have reflected upon quite a bit after the rehearsal dinner was over, he and I were walking down to the car and he told me how much he appreciated my willingness to be a part of his service. He said, because you could have said no. And I said, nah, I would never say no. I'm glad to do it. I can't remember exactly what I said. But he looked me in the eyes again. He said, you could have said no. And truthfully for me, there were plenty of reasons to say no. It was a five-hour drive to get there, which meant after the ceremony, what? It's a five-hour drive to get back. (laughs) I had to front load my week to make sure that by the time Sunday arrived, regardless of how late I may have gotten back home, that I was ready. So there's a little extra pressure there. I had to make some calls to make sure that there was enough clergy coverage available in case there was a pastoral emergency while I was there and you guys were here. The wedding was on the day of my anniversary. So I missed spending the bulk of that time with Heidi. So I had plenty of reasons to say no. And I think most of them would have been understood. But ultimately, the reasons to say yes outweigh the reasons to say no. Mostly because he's family. And I love him. Have you ever been asked to do something that folks say that you can't be in your right mind to do, but you did so anyway out of love? Usually, I guess it is for our kinfolk. Well, sometimes it's not. How many in here went to or watched online the graduation ceremony on Friday night at the high school? All right. Mr. Blood came back and gave the, uh, gave the remarks. He's a former teacher, a former coach in the school system. He's now in Pennsylvania. But he talked about how the people he works with just can't understand why it is he would drive 11 hours to give a 10-minute graduation speech to turn around and drive 11 hours back. Yet there he was. Why? Love. Out of love for his former students, he drove all the way back. He felt like they were a part of his family. And out of love for members of his family, He responded yes, when all of us could have easily understood why it is he would say no. And so, I guess our opening question this morning, friends, is how do you respond when a member of your family, be it a blood relative or extended family or maybe a friend that you treat like family, comes to you and asks you something? How do you respond? I think if you truly love that person, more often than not, your answer is going to be yes. Even in those situations where it would be so easy to say no. Well, friends, this morning there is a member of our family that is asking all of us something. Maybe not so much a question as it is an invitation. And We can say no, we can say yes. But I think how you answer this invitation says a whole lot about how much you love and trust this member of our family it's Jesus and he stands before us this morning as he does each and every morning of our lives and with the same words as recorded throughout the Gospels offers this invitation to us follow me <clears throat> follow me how do you answer that invitation an invitation made to you by a member of our family. Because, like my cousin told me, you could always say no. <clears throat> you can always say no. <clears throat> you may say, oh, I would never say no to Jesus. Pastor Mark, you tell us that in our baptisms we are baptized into one big family. And I've been baptized, so that means that I'm a part of Jesus' family, Jesus is part of my family. And you don't say no to family. You always say yes and you support them. Really? Did you notice what Jesus' family, how they responded in our gospel lesson this morning? You may have missed it. Because to set the stage, Jesus has just gathered the 12 together. And he's been out preaching and teaching and casting out demons and the whole thing. But now he's got the 12 with him. And they come down to Nazareth. And because of all these things that Jesus has been doing, the crowds have continued to swell to the point that where they are right now, there's so many people in there, it tells us they can't even eat. It's like sardines in a sardine can in there, evidently. The And Jesus' family hears about this. And what do they do? They bring him a plate? No. It says they went out to restrain him. They went out to restrain him. Why? Why are they going out to restrain Jesus? Well, the next few verses tell us that some folks in town are saying that Jesus has gone completely out of his mind. Others say that Jesus has the devil in him. That's why he's able to cast them out. Which leads me to believe that maybe Jesus' family was embarrassed of him. They went out to restrain him, to hide him, to keep him quiet, to get him out in the open because, hey, people are talking all over Nazareth. Jesus is crazy. This Jesus, he's got the devil in him. Think about that. The family of our Lord and Savior, because tongues are wagging all over town, instead of defending him, chooses to go get him. They want to hide him because they were embarrassed. And effectively, they were telling Jesus, no, because it's easier just to join the crowd, wasn't it? Instead of saying yes to Jesus. Are you embarrassed by Jesus? Does this member of the family cause you some heartburn? Whenever you're around people that you're not quite sure if they believe or not. When you're in certain places and you hear somebody else talking about Jesus. And you look around and you see heads start to shake and eyes start to roll in the back of their head. Do you kind of wish that person might restrain themselves? Do you find it easier just to fall in with the crowd, be it at work or at school or with friends, (laughs) embarrassed by Jesus, instead of proclaiming and defending and worshiping Jesus? I think we've all, if we're truthful with ourselves, have been there. I think every one of us, at one time or another in our lives, have said no to Jesus. And I wondered about that this week. Why is it that we say no to Jesus? Members of the family of Christ, saying no to Jesus. Why is that? With our words, our actions, our thoughts, we say no to the Lord. Here's what I've come come upon, and it's a theory. But I think it's because at times maybe we don't feel worthy. I think maybe at times we don't feel like we're good enough. I think we look at our lives, we think about our past, and we think, you know what, I know he's asking me to follow him, but he couldn't possibly mean me. I mean, how could? There's no way that Jesus would truly want me. I'm not good enough to be in his presence, much less follow him. And I pray that the way we do our worship service maybe hasn't contributed to those feelings or thoughts, because we do confess our sins each and every week. We do seek God's forgiveness and absolution every week. We do talk about sin up here. But please know it's because I think that in coming to terms with sin, that's the only way we can truly acknowledge and understand just how much we need a Savior. We do these things not to make you feel bad, but to make you whole. But I get it. I've felt that way too. I've had days where I've thought about past mistakes or current strokes. I thought, Jesus ain't got time for that, right? But, friends, today is the day that that changes. Today is the day where we put all that aside guilt, shame, feelings of inferiority, feelings of inadequacy whatever it is that's preventing you from saying yes to Jesus. Today, we're going to change it. Today is the day where we transform ourselves from feeling unworthy. To accepting our place as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Today is the day that we take communion. and Today is the day that as a family, we get to respond to communion by channeling our inner Isaiah. You say, inner Isaiah, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Well, here's why. This past Tuesday, we had chapel at Benjamin House. And we talked about it. And it stayed with me all week, so I knew I had to bring it here to you guys. Because if you remember, last week our Old Testament lesson was out of the prophet Isaiah's book, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And you know what I see every time I read that text? I see Holy Communion. Do you? Do you remember the story? I read that story as Holy Communion. And let me explain Isaiah is in the temple, and he's in the presence of God. But knowing of his own mistakes, His own wrong turns, his own sinful nature, whatever it is, he cries out in a moment of confession. He says, woe is me. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I am lost. And then this six-winged creature called a seraph goes to the altar, the sacrificial altar. That's important. But he goes to the sacrificial altar. And takes what is necessary for the sacrifice hot, burning, cold. And he brings it to Isaiah and he touches it to his lips. It is at that point that Isaiah is forgiven. And if you remember, the seraph says this, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin blotted out. This grace, this mercy, this pardon, so bestowed upon Isaiah, causes a great change in the prophet. He goes from being this meek mild ashamed unworthy feeling man to one who is strong and convicted of his place in the family no longer feeling unworthy to be in the Lord's presence he now announces to God in full throated voice here am I send me well friends Jesus is our sacrifice one time for all time as they say in just a moment What was necessary for Jesus' sacrifice, his body and his blood, is going to touch our lips. You may be sitting there thinking about your own life and thinking, woe is me. You may be sitting there thinking about your life and thinking just how unclean it is. You may be sitting there thinking about your life and you may feel confused or weak or anxious or whatever it is, because right now you're in the presence of Christ. And you feel unworthy. We made a confession to God a few minutes ago. And I pray that you are honest with God and acknowledge where you have fallen short. But friends, in a moment, you're going to hear me say these words. This is the body of Christ broken for you. You're going to hear me say, this is the blood of Christ shed for you. And what I want you to remember. As that bread and blood touch your lips. Are the words of the seraph spoken to Isaiah then and the Lord speaking them to you right now. Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. I want you to hear it again. Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Sisters and brothers, today is a new day. Today is the day where you might not be able to forget your past, but your past is completely forgiven. Today is the day where you start to live the abundant life that God wants of you. Today is the day that hopelessness turns to hope. Today is the day where weakness turns to strength. Today is the day where sadness turns to joy. Today is the day where confusion turns to clarity. Today is the day where you get to say to God, here am I. Send me today, friend. Today is the day that you say yes to Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless.